2: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates national average 12-month savings of 744 dollars by new customers surveyed who saved with progressive between june 2022 and may 2023 potential savings will vary
3: discounts not available in all states and situations i'm working on friday this week they're dragging me in this damn five-day schedule i don't (laughs) like it the hell with this crap Dan, this is really a Thursday on a Thursday. This stinks. I hate it. Chris Sims got to work on a Friday. Too bad Christopher Join
2: the rest of the world that puts in five days a week, or as the case may be, seven days a week, although I'm not working. Don't tell anybody that or they'll stop paying me. We are here on Friday. We are dealing with the draft aftermath. And are you holding up? Are you okay? I'm Can good. you make it through the next hour? I'm
3: good. Yep, yep. It's 53 minutes. I'm counting down. I'm good. I'm doing good. Right. 52 now. <laughs> we got a few
2: minutes to spend with our good friend Peter King, who is in Atlanta and was paying very careful attention to what the Atlanta Falcons did, ultimately taking tight end Kyle Pitts with the fourth overall selection. Good morning, Peter. And how surprising was it for you that Pitts ended up being the guy?
0: I mean, we all sort of figured that, right? And, and I think the problem – um, that, that happened with them. And what I found out after the draft is that, you know, they never very seriously considered taking a quarterback and would not have seriously considered taking a quarterback unless Trevor Lawrence was there. That was, that was their guy. And Kyle Pitts was graded so high on their board and was such a universal, universally well-liked guy that all of them, everybody from Arthur Blank on down, and I spent time with him, they were unanimous about this pick. And the interesting thing is, what I had heard coming out of here, and Arthur Blank said it to me, is that, you know, uh, I had written, you know, that I heard that he really was interested in taking quarterback at one point in this process. And he goes, "That, that really wasn't the case. Obviously, you want a quarterback to... Um, You know, to be in your stable for the long term, but when they determined that they think Matt Ryan could easily outplay this current contract where he's got three years left. And so they were not, uh, they were not aggressively going to pursue a quarterback. The only thing that, that they really wished had happened, they really wished that somebody had come up with an aggressive trade proposal and it just never happened.
3: Oh, all right. So that's where I want to go, you know, next. Yeah. So there there was never any aggressive plays there or anything about the number four pick for for another team's interest in quarterback. Nothing like that, Peter?
0: No. um, You know, after after the draft, I had a chance to sit with the, uh, you know, the new general manager, new head coach. And they both said essentially that, you know, we're sort of waiting. We got a bunch of calls, but they were all not very serious, uh, especially because, you know, as I had written last week, the market really got tamped down in the top 10 because of how much San Francisco paid uh, to go up from 12 to three. Nobody was paying two ones like the Denver Broncos weren't going to pay real heavily to move up from, say, nine to four. And as it turned out, it seems like they really didn't want, want to do that anyway because they were all in on one of those two corners, and they ended up getting one of them.
2: Peter, real quick, because we know you got to run Julio Jones. You dusted off the notion that he could be available earlier this week. Now that they have Kyle Pitts, does it make it more likely, less likely, that he's going to be traded as of June 2?
0: I don't think it really – I don't think it it matters, Um, you know, the fact that they drafted Kyle Pitts. I think – Mike, here's what I think is going to happen based on some conversations in the last 24 hours the Atlanta Falcons do not feel any pressure to trade Julio Jones before the end of this draft there's no deadline to do that if you're not getting a pick until next year and if he's not if there are no games until after Labor Day you know you can make a trade on July 20th not necessarily that you will but you could and and just my belief is that the Atlanta Falcons are not going to just unload them for salary cap reasons, that I think they're going to be solid on what they want. My, my guess is that they want a firm number two pick in the uh, 2022 draft. I don't know that for sure, but that's, that's my educated guess.
2: And if that doesn't happen, scary thought. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts this year with Matt Ryan. Peter, thank you so much for some of your time. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you again real soon.
0: Sounds great, guys. Have a good day. See
2: you, Peter. There he is, Peter King. Football Morning in America. We'll have a full breakdown of everything that happened at draft weekend, so you'll check that out Monday morning, as you always do. Now, Christopher, what we usually do on Monday mornings during football season? Superlatives. Superlatives. of the draft edition. You have the honors, Your
3: Honor. Well, I think uh, – thank you very much. You're so respectful. I think the, the first one that I'll go with is just speed kills, right? And I th- I say that because of the wide receivers we saw that were in such a premium in the top ten. I mean, that's that, that's something, I you know, we haven't hit on yet. I mean, that was a special group of three guys, and I think the NFL told you that they valued them as a special group of three guys, whether it's Devontae Smith, you know, Jalen Waddell, and, of course, Jamar Chase. I mean, to all go in the top ten – uh, you know, it's, it's pretty eye-opening. It really is. And it just tells you where the league is right now with, you know, the space, how well the quarterbacks throw the football. It, we've talked about in the past how it's kind of like a strikeout or home run type league right now. it's it's the, – NFL offenses are looking for guys who can make big plays. And that's where you got really all three of these receivers in the top ten and you add in Kadarius Tony for the Giants in the top 20 – they're difference makers, and uh, I just found that to be one of the cool things of, of the draft altogether.
2: I'm going to pick up where we left off with Peter King for my first award, and it is the smellulator Julio Jones Award. I think he's gone. I think it's done, and it's just a question of when and, and how much of the $15.3 million in fully guaranteed money the Falcons are going to have to commit to pay to facilitate a trade because I think they are ready to move on from Julio Jones. I don't think any of this came out on Monday with multiple reporters all saying the same thing, lighting the fuse on a Julio Jones trade, putting everyone on notice yeah. that he's available. It can't happen until June 2nd for salary cap reasons, but I think the Kyle Pitts pick, in my estimation, makes it even more likely that they will move on from Julio Jones. And to get that second-round pick, they may have to pay more of the $15.3 million. The less they pay of the fifteen three, the lower that pick is going to be. And they did get a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu not long ago. Which is crazy. A chance they're not going to get a second-round pick for Julio Jones if they're not paying a significant amount of that $15.3 million.
3: Yeah, that's right. I think they're going to have to do that if they want to get the value in return as far as picks or assets are concerned. I'm with you all the way, Mike. And this certainly makes them a little bit more expendable. Uh, it, it does. And, you know, again, we we discussed Julio Jones during – uh the the trade deadline last year you know that we we thought maybe that could be a guy that they would look to that the year was over he's getting up there in age we've talked about how beat up he is and all of that so uh yeah that'll be something to watch for here as we go through uh go through OTAs and stuff all right modern medical miracle superlative award goes to modern medical miracle yes you know, this is something we talked about yesterday. Jalen Phillips and Caleb Farley. Yeah, baby. I love it that they got picked at least in the top 25. To me, it's arguably – Jalen Phillips, the best defensive player in the draft. Caleb Farley is second or third, I mean, in, in my money. And I'm just happy for one to see them go. But, like, first off, let's just hit on Miami. I mean, Miami, hey, I they're, they're – You know, to steal your phrase, Mike, like, they're a team that's playing chess while a lot of teams are playing checkers. The way they've mastered free agency, the draft, what they did yesterday, you know, Jalen Waddell, I think that's the perfect pick for, you know, a receiver to go along with Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, who are bigger outside type guys, and now you get the best defensive player in the draft, pass rusher coming off the edge, and they got stud galore already on their defensive line and their defense. So they're really building something special. And then the Titans with Caleb Farley, I mean, wow. You know, that's Mike Vrabel. We know he wants to play man-to-man, Belichick-style type of defense, and Caleb Farley is hands down the best man-to-man corner in this draft. So that was awesome to see.
2: And as long as Farley has at least five snaps in his NFL career, he will be ahead of what they got out of there first-round pick last year in Tennessee. so uh, <laughs> That's right. I think they'll get more That's than right. four snaps yeah. out of Caleb Farley. You know, the thing about the Dolphins with the Jalen Phillips pick, I think they sprinted to the podium with that one, that he was still there when they used their second pick at 18 and didn't have to trade up to get him when you consider – uh when you consider the other teams right. out there that you know that, that could have taken it. Do you think the Saints were trying 18?
3: to talk about trading up for like him? You know, that's the like I you know, you heard all these rumor about the Saints maybe trading up and they on honest, they took the pass rusher. You know, was it him that they had their eye on? That I mean that's to me the guy that would make sense, but I just I'm curious. Jay Glazer said yesterday when they were trying to get to the top ten it was for a corner.
2: Now okay. I don't know if they stopped after the top ten. Right. They did end up with a pass rusher that plenty of teams had as a fourth rounder, which uh, is surprising to me. But the Saints clearly—it was an overdraft for sure. They were kind of in no man's land. They yeah. they were in a spot where they were stuck and uh, no opportunity to trade down, no opportunity to trade up. Think about what they gave up to get Marcus Davenport a few years ago. I think that you know it just, it's just—it's hard to get the right price. You got to get it just right. Yeah. and you, you look at the the the. Uh, Bears gave up a first round pick next year to move from 20 to 11, but the Jets gave up two threes and got back a four to go from 23 to 14. So you never know what it's going to take to get one of these deals done. The next one for me is the Tom Petty award, which goes to Mac Jones because he's already been compared to Tom Petty. I mean, Tom Brady. And also there was some free falling. That happened for Mac Jones last night and he always wanted to be a Patriot anyway and he's going to be even more motivated now because he was the last of the five quarterbacks taken so he'll be pissed off about that 21 years from now when he's still playing in the NFL and he tweets out the day of the draft. This is the anniversary of the day that I went 15th and the four guys who went in front of me are all out of the league now so it's all set up perfectly for Mac Jones, as he fell from 3 to 15, Chris.
3: Yeah, that I mean, it did. It just it fell perfectly. You're right. Just, there was some sarcasm in there. Well, I mean, I know, but, like, it did fall perfectly for him and I think the Patriots, and you talk about, like, the fit all together and everything like that. It's who everybody thought this marriage was going to happen from the get-go anyways. And I do believe him in the fact that he probably felt most comfortable with the Patriots and want to be, you know, he came from Nick Saban, the Patriots. That's, it's all the same thing. It's the same attitude, you know, Nick Saban talks like this. Bill Belichick talks like this. They don't change their tone. They do like this. He's going to be coached by the same type of guy. So, I mean, it just seems, it seemed like a marriage made in heaven that way. Um, So I'm, uh, I like it. And of course, I think he can do dangerous things in that offense.
2: Patriots also rushed to the podium to get that pick in. Wait, didn't they really? Didn't
3: you notice that too? Right. Like. Like it was like the quickest pick of the night when they when they saw him there. But that was and I, Matt Casey producer here. He he I think he texted the group text like did they take thirty seconds to make that pick? So they were obviously excited that he was there. Uh, they
2: will never admit it. They will never admit it. But I think anybody who understands how competitive the sport is and the emotion that goes into it and the fact that Tom Brady left and won a Super Bowl in his first year out of New England they are determined to compete with Tom Brady. They are playing Tom Brady this year. They want to be able, when it's all said and done, when Tom Brady's done, they want to catch him. Just like they, they had been desperate to catch the Steelers with six and very much would like to pass them with seven, they're now going to be desperate to catch Tom Brady with one, and who knows how many more, post-Patriots championships. And uh, Mac Jones gives them the guy that, that did draw the comparisons to Tom Brady. And he tried to downplay the comparisons before the draft, but then in that same breath said, yeah, I can see why people make comparisons. So, yeah, they're, they're thrilled to get him. And uh, it's just a question of when he supplants Cam Newton as the starter now, whether it's next year, whether it's during this year, whether it's Mac Jones versus Tom Brady or Cam Newton versus Tom Brady. Remember, remember, Patriots fans, yeah. Cam Newton all time, 2-0 and against Tom Brady. So yeah. so don't don't throw
3: Cam Newton overboard just yet no nope you're right and i don't think they're scared to play with cam newton or any of that bingo! So, bingo he brought it up haven't heard that one for patriots a while patriots versus bucks brady versus whoever um i I mean the uh what i want to know how i want to even phrase this here i had a phrase in my mind here where tread i would just go tread light i know yes um The Freak Show Award, okay? The Freak Show Award. That's where I want to go here. And I mean that because I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys who have become the team that just like, who's the biggest freak available on the board? Who's the biggest, fastest, strongest guy? We'll take him. And I love the Cowboys pick last night at pick number, that was 12, right? I just want to make sure I got that right.
2: Traded down, got a third-round pick. Right. And traded down to 12
3: with the Eagles. Yeah, traded with the Eagles. And, you know, Michael Parsons... You know, other than the Caleb Farley and Jalen Phillips that we talk about who had the medical questions, the guy that had no medical questions that was the best defensive player in the draft for me was Micah Parsons. I mean, I don't know. There's just not a lot of guys on the planet Earth that are 6'3, 244 and run 4'4 and can knock your head off and can cover tight ends and running backs and do all of that. I mean, I really feel like the Seattle, I mean, uh, the Dallas Cowboys with Dan Quinn as their new D coordinator, got their Bobby Wagner. That's what they got. I mean, this guy is, was to me, one of the can't-miss prospects of the whole draft. Just put him in the middle of the field, six yards off the ball, and he can go be Bobby Wagner, Deion Jones, Miles Jack, Fred Warner, you name it. That's what this guy will do. He is the perfect middle linebacker, and uh, I really like the pick for the Dallas Cowboys. And the willingness to do the trade with the
2: Eagles and hand them Devontae Smith, yeah. knowing that they were going to have to deal with Devontae Smith anyway because if they didn't let the Eagles get him, the Giants would have gotten Sounds him. Like it, I huh? would say that the Cowboys would probably prefer that he not be on the Giants because I think even though the Eagles are a big rival, I think the Cowboys are more concerned about the Giants right now as they should be. Yeah. And you give Devontae Smith to the Giants with everything else they have. Holy crap. So Holy crap. Cowboys... Right. Pick up an extra third rounder and get the guy they would have taken at 10 anyway. It worked out very well for them. Let's take a break. We got plenty more PFT Live to come. We got a draft coming up before that, though. It's the Friday Speed Round. We'll do that next here on PFT Live. Today's Speed Round is brought to you by Verizon. All right, Chris, let's get right to it. Let's start with the NFC East, a variety of trades made. Which NFC East trade did you like the best?
3: I think the one, you know, I, I, like I talked about, I like the Cowboys one a lot. I like Devontae Smith, but the Giants one is the one I think that jumps out to me more than any. I mean, one, I think they got a really damn good football player in Kadarius Toney. I mean, he's a weapon. You know, like a Jalen Waddell, he's Tyreek Hill-ish in a lot of ways. So, man, with the firepower they already have. But then, really, to get a first-round pick in next year's draft, I, that, that that's just it was a phenomenal play there by, by Gettleman and the Giants. And like like we talked about earlier, it, it's the Eagles are rebuilding. I don't expect them to have a awesome you know, football team this year. So, I don't know what the Giants fans are going for. Who'd they want? This guy's got three rockets up his butt and can break tackles and break ankles and do it all. He's going to be really good for their football team. And think
2: about it. Instead of overreacting when they get leapfrogged for Devontae Smith and taking Tony there, they make the strategic decision, and Dave Gettleman, the GM of the team, finally proving he is capable of trading down. They go down nine spots. They pick up that first-rounder next year, and they get Kadarius Tony presumably the guy they would have taken at 11 if they had put a name on the card then because it was widely believed they were going receiver and that's why the Eagles cut the line in front of them to get Devontae Smith. So it worked out well for the New York Giants. I agree with you. That was the best NFC East trade of the night because they still got their guy and they got a first rounder next year when it'll be easier to scout these guys because there will be private workouts and visits to teams and a scouting combine most likely next year. All right, which Alabama first rounder can make the biggest immediate impact and there were 6 of them last night. It's
3: unreal. It's unreal. Go ahead. You go first. I don't know, you know, you who's who's the one that jumps out to you?
2: I think it's Najee Harris. He's yeah. going to have the ball the most. He's the last of this of the guys taken. I uh, and he uh at the Steelers at number 24. Yeah. He's going to have the football in his hands and as I've said many times, you don't use a first round pick on a running back in today's game unless you are ready to ride him hard and I think they're going to do it in Ben Roethlisberger's likely final season hey who knows maybe Najee Harris can do so much this year that Roethlisberger can squeeze one more year out of his body Chris
3: you're right who knows if they can run the ball protect play Brady ball like they did in Tampa I don't doubt that because I mean Big Ben's arm is still good that's not going to be like a concern you're not going to be like oh man he can't make the throws anymore he's still going to be capable of doing all that so uh yeah it's i mean these damn alabama guys this damn alabama football team it's unbelievable i mean it's every year it's just stud after stud after stud after stud they all got pressure on them there's no doubt about it you know I'm, i'm between two guys because patrick sertain of course And the AFC West, uh, yeah, reinforcements needed. We have to play Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert four times a year. We need some people that can cover, but I think I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle as to be the guy that's the biggest immediate impact. You know, just because he's such a need for their football team, he's going to fit the role within that New England system and the passing game a little bit to do the Julian Edelman stuff and all of that. But yet, they're going to have a more an explosive element role for him, too. And, of course, Tua needs it. Their offense needs it. Everything there. So, uh, I think I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle there. I really like that pick.
2: Do you think that they went to Tua and said, which of the two Alabama I know. receivers should we take? Should we take Jalen? Should we take Devontae? I, I,
3: I would think so. I would think there was at least a conversation about, hey, tell us about both of these guys and – you know, what's your scouting report at the very least? Hey, it's this is a, I mean, you could talk to teams that would just go, whoa. I mean, Jamar Chase is unbelievable, right? I mean, Devontae Smith, I know a, I know a handful of teams that had him as the number one receiver on the board. Uh, and then, of course, Jalen Waddell was this guy that I never heard was like everybody's number one guy on the board, but everybody was like, man, he can make some big plays and he's explosive and everything like that. So that's where it surprised me a little bit. Um, but, damn, he's a good football player, and he's going to make their offense a whole lot more explosive.
2: Hey, I had heard that if it was down to Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase for the Dolphins, they were going Waddle. So Waddle was they didn't their get guy. to make oh. that choice. They didn't right. get a chance to make that choice because Chase was off the board. By the way, Devontae Smith told us earlier this week he wants to wear number six. Khalil Tate has number six for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. So it looks like there's going to have to be some sort of a transaction that happens to get Devontae Smith in in number six with the philadelphia eagles okay um which quarterback should be happiest with his new protector which tackle you're skipping one is going to be the best which one did i skip well you got to read well you know what and look above we're capable but you know what we're capable (laughs) of doing we're capable of pretending that didn't happen and then i can circle back after right it's more seamless that way. Oh right! All right! Right! So we're sticking with the one that I did. Okay. Which
3: quarterback should be happiest with his new protector? Right. Yeah. We we're capable of going in order too. Just to let you know, we're capable both ways there. But
2: I didn't know you read the right. sheets. Yeah. You just told me an hour ago you don't read them. I
3: didn't. Not last night at twelve fifty. And I didn't know you could read, Texas boy. Yeah, I barely can. That's about all they taught me there is how to read. That's it. <laughs> uh, QB should be the happiest. I, you know, it. I think, it's, I think you got to go with Kirk Cousins here. I mean, of course, hey, we could throw in Jared Goff into that conversation to have Penny Sewell's really amazing, too. But I just think from the Minnesota angle, it was such a necessity for their football team, like we kind of talked about. I mean, you know, Cousins, to your point, is not the most mobile guy in the world, but the whole team and the way they play is set up through their run game and their bootleg. And if they can't really be successful in that type of stuff, then... It's going to be an uphill battle. Derisaw, arguably the best pass-protecting left tackle in the draft, too. So I really like that pick from the Vikings there.
2: It was either Elijah Tucker or Christian Derisaw for the Vikings at 14. Mm. So they were able to kind of do what the Giants did. They go down nine spots. They pick up two third-round picks. Now they gave up a fourth-round pick also. This is a team that needs edge rushers, and I won't be surprised if they don't use both of those picks in round three on edge rushers, or at least between the second round and the third round Two picks on edge rushers. They need to develop some guys to help that side of the ball. But, look, Kirk Cousins needs to be able to run the play that's called. When the walls close in, it's over. So they needed that infrastructure on the offensive line. And uh, it, it made sense for them. If they had a very close match between... Vera Tucker and Derrissaw to get a couple of third-round picks and still get one of the two guys. That worked out That's pretty the right well. Way. So I think yeah. Kirk Cousins should be happy, and he also should be happy that Justin Fields didn't fall to 14 because there was a chance the Vikings were going to take him. Ooh, man. would have made for a much different narrative uh, today than, than what we otherwise would be yeah. addressing. All right, now I will go back to the one that I inadvertently skipped over, Thank you very much for pointing that out to the world. Christopher, which first-round quarterback situation – not quarterback, cornerback situation are you the most excited about? There were five corners taken in all last night.
3: Well, you know the one I'm most excited about. We hit on it already, my modern medical miracle. I mean, Caleb Farley to the Tennessee Titans is the one I'm most excited about because, I mean, to me, it could be like a – randy moss type story right oh he fell to here and now he's one of the best you know in the league at his position that type of stuff farley has that type of talent and the way they play you know they want island corners they want stefan gilmore's and the tie laws of the world that can get it and just go hey i got you that's it the rest of the defense has got their own game plan but i got you and that's where caleb farley will will thrive
2: and I like that you made the Randy Moss point because it was the Tennessee Titans who took the last receiver before Randy Moss in 1998. Trivia: Do you remember who it was? Ooh,
3: 1998. Hold on. Is is it was Derek Mason that high of a pick? No. No.
2: Nope. Nope.
3: Cool. Think, think, Music City Miracle. Oh, ooh. Well, okay, I'm thinking of the – oh, that's – um. oh, I know. Damn, that's – I know. He's now a high school principal. I know. What's his name? I'm not going to be able to – Kevin no. Dyson. Dyson. Up nope, number 87. Damn, okay, yep. yeah, good one. Good one there. Trip down memory and, lane.
2: Uh, and Caleb Farley, one pick after the Randy Moss spot of 21. I, I agree with you there. I, I am excited about that. I also, though, want to see if J.C. Horn yeah. is as good as the Panthers believe. Right. Because, remember, when they traded for Sam Darnold – they, they said, hey, we now can take the best available player. And as Mac Jones fell to eight, remember there was that noise? Maybe they would trade up yeah. to try to get Mac Jones. Right. Mac Jones is there. They didn't flinch. They didn't blink. They didn't take him or Justin Fields at number eight. They went with the best player on the board, and for them it was J.C. Horn, and we'll see if he's as good as advertised. He's definitely got the confidence, yes. and you better have a lot of confidence if you're going to thrive as a corner in today's NFL.
3: They're all about like size and length there with Carolina. We've heard Matt Rule say that, and J.C. Horn fits that mold. He does. Yeah, he wasn't my favorite corner in the draft, but when you talk about physicality, you know the ability to kind of jam receivers and beat them up at the line of scrimmage and not do all that stuff – that's where he's really good. And, of course, he's a good tackler to go on top of that. So they got a really good football player. Yeah, for my money, I think it's an overdrafting a little at number eight. But, yeah, I'm with you. That's going to be one to watch for, for sure. I'm sure they were trying to trade down to a degree. I mean, that's that was the rumor around the Carolina Panthers. But I guess they didn't find the suitor, and they got J.C. Horn.
2: Uh, part of the problem was they weren't going to get J.C. Horn if they traded down because that's who the Eagles were targeting when they were initially trying to trade up. Once Horn was off the board, it pivoted, I believe, to Devontae Smith away from J.C. Horn. All right, let's take a break. Big kahuna draft as it relates to the first night of the 2021 draft when PFT Live continues right after this.
3: Pro Football Talk is brought to you by Verizon. Built right for business.
4: Yeah, we did a lot of homework on this pick. Uh, Knew it would be
3: controversial. Completely understand that. Coach Gable has been all over him for months now, since the first time he saw the tape. Coach Gruden loved this guy. Our scouts loved this guy. And what I like is when the second floor in our building, which is all the coaches, and the third floor, which is all the scouts, when we're united on a conversation like Leatherwood, that makes me feel really good about the pick
2: mike mayock the gm of the las vegas raiders explaining the decision to take alabama tackle alex leatherwood one of six crimson Tide players who were selected last night it's the big kahuna kahones draft the gutsiest moves from round one of the 2021 draft Christopher, do we have a trivia question? I do. I got it for you right here. You have it for me. I won't scroll down and see it I don't
3: know if it's so, so we'll see. Here we go. Trey Lance, as we talked about earlier, 318 pass attempts is the fewest for a first-round QB in the history of the NFL. Who was second as far as a first-round QB? It's a tough one, okay? It's a tough one. Yep. Think? Hang on. I, I'll, hang on no, don't give me a hint okay don't give fine. me a hint tim tebow oh that's a good guess though that's a good guess it's michael vick michael vick and then that's followed by mark sanchez but uh, i like where you were thinking there you're right i mean think about a quarterback that's running and doing that type of stuff all of that but the big thing played is four years played that's four what screwed years it up. exactly right yeah. that's right
2: i just wanted to mention tim tebow because i knew matt casey would want me to mention tim tebow today well
3: Oddly enough,
2: oh, oh. I'm glad that what comes through this can't be picked up by the microphone.
3: Oddly enough, <laughs> my first pick of the draft for the big Kahuna's <laughs> draft, this guy's idol growing up was Tim Tebow, and that is Trey Lance. That's the I don't care. Pick number three is the the big Kahuna pick of the draft for me. Yes. You know it. With all the scrutiny around who should you pick, what should you do, I don't know. And you picked a guy that hasn't played a lot of football, played one double-A football, added on top of that, you know, hasn't had a ton of reps throwing the football and all that. So that, to me, was the big kahuna pick of the draft right there. Because that's something that, of course, yeah, Shanahan, Lynch, their names are going to be tied to this forever. There's no doubt about that. So... Uh, I'm interested to see you know where this goes and and how how uh, Trey Lance develops going forward.
2: Yeah, look, what what made it even more Kahuna ish, the idea that that they all the stuff kind of revel right. in the uncertainty and hey, the Rodgers stuff. We got this third right. overall pick, and we we called the Packers about Aaron Rodgers and. And and leading people to believe it was Mac Jones, that was all gratuitous. That was all unnecessary. They were not going to get leapfrog for Trey Lance. It was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then the 49ers controlled the board. That's, no, that's why they moved up there.
3: That's where I don't wow. still believe it was. I don't believe it was originally for Trey Lance. That's where I I you I, I will I don't believe it. I still think it was Mac Jones because they were worried about New England and Carolina, and I think that shanahan's mind was changed some, somewhere in the process uh i am still a believer that that trade was made to go to get mac jones originally
2: and chris we've now seen twice in four years someone in that organization has the ability to get kyle shanahan to change his mind because he was all in on kirk cousins 2018 and i know and maybe they weren't going to get him but If they're determined to get him, they're going to get him. He didn't get much more in free agency than they paid Jimmy Garoppolo to keep him around. Right, But they got him to pivot to Garoppolo. Somebody said the right thing at the right time to get him to pivot to Garoppolo, even though he'd never worked with Garoppolo. Even though Garoppolo had a hard time staying healthy through four opportunities in 2016. He got injured in game two. And now, if it's true that he wanted Mac Jones initially, somebody got him to pivot toward Trey Lance. So there's somebody in that organization that knows how to push the buttons just right of Kyle Shanahan to make him come to the conclusion that someone else wants him to come to.
3: Yeah, maybe, may Mike. I mean, you're right. I, I, the, the Garoppolo thing with the Cousins thing, listen, I don't know the whole story there. I can at least say at a base level and back at the time a little bit, you know, I think there was they were 0-10. They were panicked a little bit, like, oh, man, in our first year, are we going to go 0-16? And I think they felt like, they didn't have a quarterback on the roster that could actually win them a football game. So I think maybe that's where they rushed a judgment on the Jimmy Garoppolo thing and got that going. Uh, that, that, that's, that's what I believe happened really there. And, and I can understand that for where they were at that point. But you're right, Mike. I don't, I don't know. Somebody, somebody's got Shanahan's ear for sure in that organization.
2: Well, for me, the ultimate kahuna move last night, four years after getting burned by trading up and taking a quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky, Ryan Pace does it again, trading up even more, giving up next year's first-round pick to get Justin Fields as he had slid out of the top 10. That is gutsy, that is all in, and that is an organizational kahuna move because, as we said earlier, the message to the Bears fans now is we've got this. Okay, quit quit asking us to fire Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. It's not happening. We're going to see what Justin Fields can be. We're going to take our shot here that we have a franchise quarterback that can lead us to where we want to go. If it doesn't work out, then, yeah, the next time they draft a quarterback, it won't be Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy
3: working for the team.
2: Or maybe team president Ted Phillips. He may be tied to this one, too.
3: Yeah, maybe, maybe. You're right. It's a gutsy pick. It really is, and, you know, it's uh... – yeah, for a team, they, they need a difference maker at this position, something to get the city to rally rally around their team a little bit and feel faith in the quarterback and all of that. But yeah, overall, big time move. But Ryan Pace, really, he's the one that Big Kahuna is there to pull pull uh, pull that off last night for sure. Um, I think the next one I'm going to go to is, and we haven't talked about it. I want to spread the wealth in the conversation here. Is the Raiders and their pick? You know, with Leatherwood at 18, that to me was, you know, I I thought Leatherwood would be going in the first round. I had him in Baltimore later in the first round. Uh, I wasn't sure. I didn't think he'd go that early. I mean, that was, I think, a pretty big-time gutsy pick by them. We know they needed an offensive lineman for sure. They've let a lot go out the door here with trades and the Trent Brown and Rodney Hudson and all that, Gabe Jackson. Leatherwood fits the mold of what they had. Just a—he's maybe the best run blocker in the draft. So that's where you got to be excited. They're going to be able to put him at guard right now and just go run people over and open up holes. And he'll be fine. He has the potential to be a really big-time franchise tackle. He does. His pass protection was a little less than than what you would like, but uh, yeah, that was a gutsy pick. Maybe overdrafting a little bit, but. There was a big need there for their football team, and they believe in the guy. I'll say the Philadelphia
2: Eagles, in jumping up to get Devontae Smith, when you consider big picture what they did, dropping from 6-12, to 12, picking up a first-rounder next year, assuming the risk that the Dolphins would take Devontae Smith or someone else before the Eagles could get him would take him, and then having that plan to jump the Giants when it became evident that the Giants we're all in on Devonte smith they get a guy who weighs 166 pounds but you know what they had deshaun jackson they're not concerned about having a, a short and skinny slim reaper wearing number three most likely for the philadelphia eagles unless he can get number six away from khalil tate
3: yeah uh i mean it is it's a big time move for them as a football team he's a He's a star, there's no doubt, and the only thing is that skinny aspect that you talked about, but as I said earlier, I know there's some teams that had Devontae Smith as the number one receiver on the board, and we're just blown away by what he can do, and I think the Eagles were probably one of those football teams, so good for them, and they got somebody for Jalen Hurts to air it out to uh, for sure now. I mean, I kind of want to go with like, I want to go with like almost two guys here to cheat a little bit. I don't mean to cheat, but it's just like, I want to go with the two pa- like the two pass rushers at the end. The Saints and the Bills, those were kahuna picks to me. You know, First off, let's just start with the Saints. Peyton Turner, you talked about most teams had him like in a mid-round draft pick. I don't know if he was that low for me. I think it is a, he's a guy I looked at as to be a mid- to late-second-round pick, but yeah, that's a gutsy pick because I don't think anybody had him going in the first round. You know, There are some traits there as far as being a big, twitchy athlete, He's a lot like Marcus Davenport, honestly. The way he's built and the way he plays, it reminds me of him. So that was kind of unexpected, and uh, yeah, that'll be under a microscope. And I want to do the same thing with the Bills, if you don't mind, Mike, just with Gregory Rousseau because, again, it's a projection pick. There's nothing you can watch on film to go, oh, this guy's just a killer and dominates. There, there's not that. It's a little bit more like a Daniil Hunter, right? who I think at LSU his senior year or last year there, he had one sack and a half. This guy is long. He's not involved in every play. Doesn't dominate all that way. Opted out last year. The year before that when he did play, I know he had like eight or nine sacks, but they weren't like, oh, he dominated 15 and a half. Either way. Sorry. Sorry. Either way. I don't care. This is – not very few of them were just beating the guy Mike like it was all like hey I'm standing here the quarterback's got a lot of time to throw somebody else missed the sack and I'll go get him now or hey the quarterback's been back there for seven seconds and now I finally got there to get the sack you know I think Booger McFarland kind of made those points last night there were underwhelming sacks so it is a projection and I think a, a gutsy pick by the bills but they they need that position he is a giant. He is. I was
2: amazed to see him next to Michael Signora from the NFL League office, who's about my height, and he towered over him at 5'10", 5'11", ish. I don't know if I'm shrinking yet or not. And then, as David Shaw, the Stanford coach, pointed out during the NFL Network coverage, as Rousseau walked out and he's up on the elevated platform and fans are down there reaching for him, he was able to slap their hands without bending over. That's how long his arms yeah, are. Yeah, that's why so, you take him. This guy... This guy uh, to Buffalo, uh, it it could be interesting to see what happens. All right, for me, since you went with two and since I got the last pick, I'm going with two. The bang-bang back-to-back running backs from Najee Harris to Pittsburgh and then Travis Etienne to the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you're going to use these guys, I'm fine with it. But you got to use them. Otherwise, you're wasting a first-round pick. You could have gotten a running back later. So it's a gutsy move to put any running back name on a card The Steelers did it for need. The Jaguars did it for luxury because it was just last year. As we said earlier, they got James Robinson undrafted. So uh, all in moves to try to help their passing game with the two best running backs. And it was a question whether either of them would go in round one, uh, but now both of them go. I I wonder if the Steelers hadn't taken Najee Harris, would the Jaguars
3: have taken him or ATM? I, I would think ATN was their cup of tea just because of, you know, he comes from an offense that's similar to what Urban Meyer ran himself, and I just think he fits that mold a little bit more where I think Pittsburgh's looking to get, hey, Big Ben, get underneath the center. We're going to pull a guard here and let Najee Harris follow him up in the hole. I think he fits that style a little bit more. So, yeah, I I think both teams got what they want uh, with, with that position. And there was and, very little secret in league and, circles about Najee Harris going
2: to the Steelers. If anybody wanted him, they could have jumped him. No,
3: any any other ones jump out to you? Like the I I, I mean I wanted the Baltimore Ravens, you know their picks at the end of the first round. The I fact lo- that they didn't trade down. Right, right, right. They used them. They used them. They got a receiver who can do a little bit of everything, you know. And he's he was a tough eval because two years ago he was awesome. Last year it was kind of just like eh. And I think you heard last night. I mean, a lot of people think COVID affected him and all those type of things. But I love the second pick. Jason O'Way off the edge for that defense. I mean, to me, the Ravens just added Leonard Floyd to their defense. And I think that sounds pretty good if you're a Ravens fan. I
2: wonder if they would have taken Rousseau if the Bills hadn't taken him one spot earlier. Right, Matthias Campbell, right. a big proponent of Gregory Rousseau. Let's take a break. A quick look ahead at round two, which starts at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. We'll be back with more right after this. And we're all happy. We made a draft pick. We managed to actually get the pick in on time. High fives all around. Pandemic protocols. What the hell? We're all vaccinated. Let's go. Yes. They were very happy to get Penny Sewell. John Dorsey, buddy boy. You see him there working for the Detroit Lions? Hey there, buddy boy. So, uh, so hey, they're happy to get Penny Sewell. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Thanos is back. Chris, the guy that you, I love uh, it. you gave that name to a few years back. All right.
3: Uh, round two, what
2: names stand out to you?
3: Well, I think Jeremiah owusu would be the first one. I think that was a shocker that he didn't go in the first round. You know, an athletic linebacker. I think you look for him, Does Kellen Mond go at some point here in the first 10 to 15 picks in the first round. Aziz Ojolari, right, the edge guy from Georgia. I think he's a name that pops up here pretty soon, let alone I could see some, some wide receivers, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss and everybody going here pretty early.
2: I really like Kellen Mond. Davis Mills is going before Kellen Mond.
3: You think so? You got that from a good yes. info. Is this the same guy that told you Justin Fields to the 49ers at three or no, the guy that no. told you?
2: Nobody told me Justin Fields to the 49ers at three. It was the mock draft. Nobody said that they were going to well, take you him. Said,
3: I thought you. you it was did. just someone's opinion. Okay. It was opinion. It wasn't I,
2: based on news. It was okay. like, I think that Justin Fields is the best fit for the 49ers at three.
3: Gosh, gotcha. and Aaron Rodgers get traded this Ooh, weekend. I don't know. I'm going to say no, but I'd like to see it happen. See you Monday. See ya. Draft.
1: Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.
4: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well.